Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, that's me, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hi everybody, Peter Greenberg here with another edition of the Ion Travel Podcast. Have you been vaccinated yet? What about COVID-19 testing? Just about every country is now requiring a negative COVID-19 test. And there may be regulations requiring proof of vaccination, whether you're getting on an airplane, taking a cruise, or going to the movies. That may be just around the corner. So what's the travel industry doing to adjust and prepare for all this? I'll speak to Karen Seidman-Becker, the CEO of Clear, about the new technology of the vaccine passport, what it means to you, and the positioning of your medical data. 
Uh, my next guest, we love having her on the show because we always hear the latest and greatest in the technology and the cutting edge of the work that they're doing. Many of you may know them, of course, when you go to the airport. They're usually seen right next to the TSA uh, pre-check line. It's called Clear. I'm a member uh, in the interest of full disclosure. I use them a lot, uh, but they've, they've done a lot more than that. Even pre-pandemic, they had expanded into sporting venues, music events, uh, public gatherings of every kind, and figuring out the technology that would work from a security standpoint. And now, of course, you know, necessity being the mother of invention from a public health standpoint, the CEO of Clear, Karen Seidman-Becker. How are you, Karen? Hi, Peter. I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be here today. So let's talk about, yeah, I wish we could. So let's talk (laughs) about, let's talk about, you know, innovation because I'm talking about not just innovation, but intersection, meaning we're going to get to the point, hopefully sooner rather than later, where we're going to have a wider dissemination of the vaccine and then the development of much more rapid response, reliable testing. That's where you guys can come in. And then you then you combine that, of course, with the the you know, the pent up demand for travel, all that intersects, and next thing you know, people are back because they're they're traveling more confidently, their tra- their their fear is mitigated, and the technology has to a certain extent saved the day. I know you guys are working on some of that stuff. Uh, we are, and today is actually an incredibly exciting day because two maiden flights uh, left California for Hawaii with Clear Health Pass passengers on it, which meant that their um, health pass represented their testing status. They didn't have to print anything out. They don't have to quarantine for 10 days when they get there. All they had to do was use their smartphone and get on the plane. And when they get off in Hawaii, they'll enjoy a great time. So it is the beginning. But you're absolutely right. Um, While this has been a horrible tragedy for our country and the world uh, and, and the travel industry and so many other industries, On the other side of it, it has given people the opportunity to rethink the customer experience. And as you know, Clear has been obsessed with the customer experience, and I use that word all bold, all caps, since we started 11 years ago, and focus on creating these frictionless journeys, making experiences safer and easier. And safety meant one thing after 9-11, and it means an additional thing after COVID. And what it means is that I am who I say I am, right? You are always you. Enroll once but keep adding different products that are needed in this journey, right? So in this case, Health Pass is your test results or it is your vaccination validation, right? We can link to all of these. And all you need to show is a green check as opposed to printing out boards of paper and bringing it in and shuffling it through, right? Safer and easier. And when you start all right, to so let me... the whole... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. I got to ask you the devil's advocacy, advocacy question because... There are other organizations working on similar projects and similar approaches, uh, maybe not as, as uh, co- you know, complex as yours, but, you know, American Airlines now has some something, a, a new app that can contain your medical records and you can show that, but that only works on American Airlines. And so, uh, Denmark is working on a, on a digital passport that will have health information in it, but only for their citizens. We really sort of need to get to the point of a universally accepted and a universally readable, verifiable digital document, don't we? I think that that is a really important point. And what we believe is in the power of the platform and open standards to integrate within that platform. And I think that's really important. This concept of who wants to download 12 different apps and use them for 12 different things, but in the safest way, the most trusted way, and the most frictionless way, the ability to enroll once and link 
to these different backends, and you'll see us announce a bunch of partnerships with different companies in this space, right? What you need to know is I'm definitively Peter, and if there's one repository or if I'm, you know, heading to a country and need that information, to link to that securely and just be able to show a green check mark. But what we're really focused on is the enroll once and use it everywhere piece. And wherever we need to link for that test, vaccine, data, and standard that is magical and seamless for the customer is what we're all about. And I think that's a really important point, which is product die platforms flourish. And we're about creating this frictionless journey from the time you leave your home to the time you board the plane. And quite frankly, when you get back, so if you look at the Home to Gate app we launched, it is about telling you exactly when to leave your home to arrive at your gate 35 minutes in advance by linking traffic and flight aware and, and the walk from security checkpoint to your gate. And there's so much more you can do. So this is a moment of innovation on behalf of the customer as well as the industry to bring it back better than it was before. So here's my question. How did you get the, the authorities in Hawaii to agree on anything? Uh, they were great. Everyone's aligned. If there's a moment of alignment, people want to reopen travel and tourism and experiences. And what we've seen, because we're in so many different industries, the challenge, right, there's different derivations, but the challenges that the travel industry are seeing, not just in aviation, but in cruises and in hotels at different levels, sports is seeing, right? Real estate is seeing. Healthcare, the healthcare industry or the education industry is seeing, you're seeing these industries shut down after 9-11 airports were closed. Pretty much the only thing that stayed open through this are airports. All these other industries shut down. And so I think there's a real moment of alignment of we have a problem. How can you help us with the solution that is trusted, right? Privacy centric, data security centric, but also that customers love and know. So the, the Hawaii's been great. So in your system right now, if I use if I use the clear system and I'm just using it for airport security, I go up to the little kiosk, it reads my my eyes, it verifies that it's me, it shows the boarding pass, and I'm walked to the front of the line and there I go. Um is it the same basic uh technology that you're now adding to that in terms of my health records? So the answer is there are similarities. I would say the difference is anybody can download it. It is free for them. So the airport security checkpoint is a subscription-based business. Every else thing else that we're doing is free to the customer, and it's an enterprise business. So what does that mean? It is very similar that when you're at that checkpoint, you're using your eyes to validate your identity or verify your identity, and then we're linking, right, for out for the boarding pass. In this case, We'd be using, um, you know, you'd be verifying your identity and then we're linking out for your testing information or for your vaccination information because you did that link. You linked to your healthcare provider one time. So I think it's really important. You don't do it without the customer's permission, but it is that similar concept. But I would guess that the only way for me to link to my healthcare provider is they have to be in your system as well so that they can talk to each other and know that it's me and that it's you. Uh, the answer is that today we have coverage of over 90% of testing in labs in the United States. So there's there's uh, there's a powerful network here in the U.S. I gotcha. You know, what's, what's always interesting to me is we're not just talking in silos here because, you know, there's airlines, there's hotels, there's trains, there's cruise lines, there's resort operators, there's safari uh, providers, and yet they all need the same data, don't they? Well, that's exactly the point, right, which is, and it's really interesting because getting on a plane, 
brings you to these other use cases, right? You fly someplace, you got to stay at a hotel or an Airbnb, or you're getting on a cruise or you're going to different things. And so what we really call it is federating that identity or those test results, right? Enrolling once and then being able to take them with you for all these use cases, again, safer and easier and totally frictionless. You know, it's we're sort of in this brave new world uh, where we're at a threshold moment of technology trying to embrace common sense at the same time and trying to communicate to 190-plus countries about why everybody needs to be able to have at least one language and one language only when it comes to not just security and terrorism, but health security. And uh, I guess my question to you, Karen, is I get it for hotels, I get it for airlines, and I get it for you know resort operators, and, and you mentioned Airbnbs. But what I'm seeing now is the one industry that's really been hobbled by this, and that's the cruise ship industry. Uh, they have not been able to resume their sailing schedule, and every time they say they're going to do it, they send up, end up sliding it back and back and back. And what we're seeing, and it almost started with the airlines, uh, with Qantas actually in, in Australia, with Qantas saying, okay, when we resume flying, the only way you can make a reservation on our airline is if you show us proof of vaccination. Now we've seen... Uh, at least one or two cruise lines, two in Europe, actually, and one in the United States, announcing mandatory vaccinations for all their crew and officers. And we know what's next. You can't just do that without requiring mandatory vaccinations to book a cabin on a cruise ship. So are you working with the cruise lines as well to figure out a way at their point of entry, I should say, or their points of entry, to be able to give them the kind of information that will allow them to confidently put you on the ship? Uh, so the answer to that is we believe in the power of partnership, and I think there's a very interesting and exciting opportunities that we were exploring with the cruise industry before and I think are even more relevant today. And I do think, Peter, to your point on vaccination, um, you know, some people are talking about mandatory vaccination. We're certainly trying to educate our team across the country on vaccinations and what that means. And I think that you will see... Um, Deep encouragement, possibly mandatory, but I think there's probably a little bit of gray area in there. And, and I'm you know, not sure if it's different than physical screening in the airport. If you choose not to go through the metal detector, there's a different process for you, right? And so I do think you will see this evolve. You know, when you think about it now, let's say I got my vaccination and I traveled today to any one of a number of countries. First of all, I'd still be wearing a mask. And there's a 95% chance I'd still be tested either before I got there or before I came back. So I, I keep telling everybody we're at the stage right now where getting vaccinated doesn't necessarily mean you've been liberated. It means you're one step further along in being able to travel more freely. And so anything technologically that allows me to show that proof and speed that process is something, of course, I want to embrace. Absolutely. But I do think you have to look at the evolution over the past few months and know that we are still early in this process and people are learning. But I was at the Miami airport on Monday morning at 6 a.m. dropping off my daughter. And I have to say the airport felt and our team is seeing it's coming back to life. People were traveling. People, you know, people were wearing masks, but that is the norm now, right? You're doing that across your day. And so beyond that, I didn't see the hazmat suits that I had seen a few months ago. I think travel has proven to be safe and people want to travel more than ever who doesn't have that list of cities. And so I think you will see this, you know, continue to evolve. 
You will see the power of partnership, which we so believe in across the industry. You will see better customer experiences. You will see testing become more available, be cheaper, be faster. You will see, you know, a, a greater percentage of the population vaccinated, which starts to bring up herd immunity. I think you will continue to look week by week and month by month in 2021. I'm incredibly bullish on the travel industry. I'm incredibly bullish on the fact that you can do this safely. And I'm incredibly bullish, as you stated, on clearest place in creating these frictionless journeys. So what numbers are you seeing that, that, that makes you so bullish? Uh, we had record days in volume over the past few days. And so what we, you know, up, you know, probably 50 fold from, uh, you know, a few months ago and uh, obviously still down from the peak of February, significantly down. But it really depends on the city. So you're seeing certain cities down maybe 40 percent and you're seeing other cities down 80 percent. Right. And so you're starting to see things come back to life. You are seeing, uh, you know, crowded flights. Um, I think capacity will start to come back. And I think that the travel experience over the next 12 months will be better than when you left it because technology innovation would have taken hold. And it's something people have been talking about for a long time. Well, technology, innovation, and my next two favorite words, which I know you'll embrace, common sense. Uh, yes, I'm a big fan of common sense and judgment. <laughs> and I think I think that creating a single, you know, uh, platform to drive this whole journey. Imagine if you could leave your house, the car could drop you off. You could do biometric bag drop, use your eyes, touchless travel to get through the checkpoint. We just launched today with United Airlines, your face and a pilot to check in at the lounge. Right. It's getting better and more personalized and more customized. It is both frictionless and trusted. And people want to travel more now than ever. My thanks to Karen. Most industry experts are predicting that when travel does return, it won't be international long haul or meetings or conventions, but domestic U.S. travel. One person with intimate knowledge of the numbers and the trends is Terry Dale, president of the U.S. Tour Operators Association. As I've been talking about for many, many weeks now, if you take a look at the numbers, uh, the advanced bookings, the intersection between uh, you know a, a much more increased dissemination of the vaccine or vaccines, uh, widespread increases in the technology behind rapid response, reliable testing, and of course, just the basic pent-up demand in travel, it's not too difficult to be able to project that, all things considered, by the end of March, middle of April, we're going to see a dramatic uptick in travel, especially in the 48 continental United States. And somebody who knows a little bit about that and is watching this almost as carefully as I am, if not more carefully, is our next guest. He's the uh, the CEO of the United States Tour Operators Association. Terry Dale, how are you, sir? I'm good, my friend. Very good. So you heard my introduction. I mean, I'm, yes. I'm seeing numbers that, and the airlines are seeing numbers, not for January, certainly. They didn't see them this month. They're starting to see them a little bit at the end of next month, but then comes April, right? Exactly. And, you know, we demonstrated once again as an industry, as a travel industry family, our ability to pivot and be agile, which I think is extraordinarily important in a crisis like this. So all of our members started really zeroing in on national parks and spaces 
where people felt comfortable and they could socially distance and be responsible. And so it's really, uh, to your opening segment, we're seeing a lot of interest and that pent-up demand for end of April, early May, national parks, open spaces, beaches, and uh, people are going to travel responsibly. And, of course, what the tour operators are doing is they've had to adjust as well, right? They have to change uh, a lot of their floor plans. They've had to change a lot of their designs and their protocols. You can't just operate a 56-seat bus with 56 seats filled. Exactly. And, you know, when I reference the national parks, um, we have established a really strong communication channel with them because some of the challenges that we face, Peter, is that um, a lot of them, because they don't all operate under a uniform uh, business code, um, a lot of them have a maximum of 10 people per motor coach or van, and that 10 includes the driver as well as the tour guide, which means then you have eight paying customers. So that's just not economically feasible. So we're working with them and hopefully educating them on the the safety and health protocols that we're all taking. And we're not saying we're going to bring in, you know, 48 people by bus, but we need it to be higher than that eight-person passenger count that so many of them are using right now. So it's, you know, we all have our challenges. And we'll we'll work through it, but uh, certainly domestic is going to get us through uh, the spring of 2021. I mean, what I'm seeing here, and it started, by the way, last year, by March. Americans yes. were out there through no plan of their own, you know, beware the law of unintended consequences. They were out there rediscovering their own country, starting in their yes. backyard, in their neighborhood, in their city, and in their region. Absolutely. And you know what? That's that's a real opportunity for the DMOs here in the U.S. You're talking about you're talking about the destination marketing organizations. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. So for them to kind of reintroduce um, what you've got in your backyard, because so many times we forget what's there, what's available and how extraordinary it truly is. So I, I do think that this is a way for us to uh, awaken to all the possibilities that we have available to us uh, within, you know, close striking distance. But make no bones about it, uh, and I'm sure you're with me on this, in that I can't wait to start traveling again internationally, not to take anything away from the U.S., because I love our country, but I miss (laughs) getting on a plane and going uh, abroad. You know, before the pandemic, people were just searching for an authentic experience. Now they're searching for a place where they can breathe. Now they're searching for a place where they have built-in social distancing, where they literally can get out and be in the outdoors. They want to walk. They want to hike. They want to bike. Uh, they want to yep. get out on lakes. Uh, recreational boating sales are like at an all-time high. It's, it's it, Nobody ever thought that was going to happen, but it's true. Recreational vehicle sales and recreational vehicle rentals. Also there, I guess, Terry, you know, when you talk to your members, are they pivoting to, 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 to basically serve that need right now? Absolutely. You know, I think one of the things we actually saw happening over the last couple of years prior to this pandemic was the movement towards 
smaller group. So when I say small, you know, I'm talking, you know, eight to maybe 12, 15 people. And as a result of the pandemic, it's people who are confident in this travel bubble, that they know those other uh, friends, family members who are traveling with them, whether it's through a national park or a lake. Uh, And I've heard many friends who have rented an RV and have driven up the West Coast uh, doing exactly what you described. You know, they're just happy being outdoors in open space, clean air, and enjoying nature. So clearly that's going to be with us uh, in the foreseeable future. But one and of the as I said, uh, uh, yeah. oh, just Let's, one thing, as I've said before, to anybody who's going to either rent an RV or buy one, please do not only yourself a favor, but everybody else on the road a favor, and take at least one day to take the driving lessons at the <laughs> RV dealership, because those right turns are going to nail somebody. Uh, it's going to just rip out the back of your RV or somebody else's car. If people don't realize you're making a wide turn. <laughs> I would be dangerous behind the wheel of an RV. So your your advice is well taken. <laughs> I interrupted you, Terry. What were you about to say? Yeah. So I just, you know, in your setup for this segment, you talked about innovation. And it's one thing of the many things that our travel and tourism family I think we excel at. And we saw that happening in New Orleans during Mardi Gras, where they couldn't have the parade, but families were creating a home float where they took elements of a float, integrated into a creative concept in their front yard that, you know, friends and families could walk by, drive by. And I just... It, I, I felt so proud because it demonstrates, again, what our industry uh, can do and turn it, turn it around on a dime. And I think it looked amazing. I regret that I wasn't able to see it personally, but I think it shows what the spirit uh, of our country and the travel industry in general. You're right. And there's one more thing that's happened. Uh, which wasn't necessarily planned, but they started this years ago, and then it's sort of like, you know, it didn't get a lot of momentum, and now it's coming back, and that's rails to trails. You know, the, oh, yeah. the, so many railroad tracks uh, or so many railroad lines that were abandoned, either freight or passenger, yeah. that have now been, those lines, the actual tracks and where they're on have been reclaimed by local governments and turned into great hiking, biking, uh, trails that people that go for miles. What what an opportunity yeah. now to do it. Yes. No, no, no. That's a perfect example. And since I live in New York City, as do you, um, I have to point out the High Line. While you don't spend days hiking the High Line in Manhattan, but it's a perfect example of how you take an existing rail structure and create an experience for both people who call Manhattan, New York City home, as well as visitors. And that absolutely is one of those movements that will continue uh, in the foreseeable future. And of course, once we dip our toes in the water and start rediscovering our country and doing what I call one-tank trips, 
you know, places where you can go and back on, on one tank of gas for maybe 300 miles, uh, guess what? Then we'll be ready. Hopefully that intersection yeah. happens with vaccinations and widespread testing. Yeah. We're still going to have to wear our masks, but that's when we're going to yeah. start doing some uh, some international travel. It won't happen right away. I'm, I'm My no. prediction is probably going to be September, October at the earliest. But you know what, Terry? I think that uh, the appetizer through nobody's intention is the United States. And then, then the, main, the main meal gets to be when you when you go overseas and take a bigger risk in your own mind. Totally. I, I, I agree. My thanks to Terry. One of the big impacts of the pandemic, and believe me, I know this firsthand, is what it's done to the lifestyles of road warriors. You know, those mega-frequent flyers who, like me, used to think nothing about jumping on another airplane two or three times a week and racking up even more miles. Consider the case of Tom Stuker, arguably the world's most frequent flyer. So what's he up to? My next guest always has a great time wherever he happens to be, as long as it's 35,000 feet. He actually holds the record as the world's most frequent flyer with over 22 million miles in the air. I'm right behind him, but he's got me beat. He, I'm, I'm behind him, but he's got me beat. We've had him on the show before, but I thought, what better time to talk about frequent flyer miles when there's so many out there and so many that you can actually redeem and you can actually get seats for a change. His name, Tom Stuker. Hey, Tom. Hey, what's going on, Peter? Now, well, are, are you, you up in, are, are you up in, are you in Connecticut? No, I'm not in Connecticut. I'm in New York today. Okay, well, so you're getting the same snow I am, probably. So. <laughs> of course, of course. So, in this wake of the Corona nineteen uh, or COVID nineteen, yeah. uh, on a normal year, in a normal year, how many miles would you be flying? Well, for the last six years, I've been averaging about. 100,000 miles a month, about 1.2 million miles a year for the last six years up. I mean, that's uh, up until last year around March when everything hit the fan. So, All right. So now, even though I failed math in high school, I'm going to do some basic arithmetic. Yeah. 100,000 miles a month is 25,000 miles a week. That's five round trips to New York and L.A. Well, it's literally once a little more than once around the circumference of the globe every week for five or six years. <laughs> and uh, how old are you now? Um, I, my body says I'm 120, I think. But <laughs> no, I'm, 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 <laughs> in, in air age, I don't know. I'm, I, I just turned 67, but I do, I feel like 37. I, I lost a lot of weight. I, I've been, I've been really eating healthy. I've been, uh, you know, getting ready to get back on the road big time. I just got my, my first COVID shot yesterday, and my second one's coming on St. Patty's Day. So a really good time to celebrate, seeing that I'm a third Irish anyway. So, Well, here's the deal. I mean, you spent now almost nine months not eating airline food. Uh, maybe that, you know what, but that's not what made me healthy because everybody always, when, when I was putting all that weight on, people would give me, the excuse of, well, yeah, but that flying will do that to you. No, it doesn't. Eating does it to you because, you know, there's skinny people that fly in business class, too. I mean, they, they take a pass on that second and third cinnamon roll that comes down the aisle. I, I didn't. I say, well, if he's going to not eat his, I'll take his. You know, so, you know, <laughs> it, it's it's a matter of discipline 
And, you know, I always eat healthier when I'm at home because, you know, I don't put garbage in the cupboards because if it's not there, I don't eat it. So I eat healthier, and then I walk a lot. When I when I couldn't fly a, a million miles a year, I walked a million steps a month. I was averaging about 17 miles a day walking and because I just was – I got so much done with, with the ability to talk and text in my phone. I was working and walking, you know. <laughs> and not hitting any lampposts. Hey, you know, it's interesting when we talk about airline food, a lot of people went through airline food withdrawal. And at one point, you know, American Airlines canceled its contract with the people who supplied them with their mixed nuts. And the people who were supplying them with the, with the mixed nuts were sitting there with warehouses full of of nuts. And you know what? They put them on sale as American Airlines nuts, and everybody bought them because they wanted to remember what it was like to be up in the air eating those nuts. Um, British oh, I, Airways? I, I, yeah, I have not gone through those withdrawals. I'm, I'm down about I'm down about 120 pounds of almonds every year now, but I do like almonds. But uh, now I was an almond junkie up there, but I, I can get those at the grocery store. So, yes, you can. Uh, British Airways, by the way, unloaded much of their first class liquor inventory, and they were selling off, you know, vintage bottles of Dom Perignon at maybe 25 percent of market value, and everybody bought them. Um, oh, it's, I, I would have been in that line, Peter. I would have been in that line. <laughs> you, you should keep in better touch with me. Come on, Tom. Oh but, man, I would have paid. I would have paid fifty percent. Uh, no, I would have paid eighty percent. I mean, you know, wow. Dom's at a discount. It's a good deal. So, boy, do they have your number? Okay. Well, listen. Yeah. When we come, when we come back, we're talking to Tom Stuker, the world's most frequent flyer with twenty-two million miles in the air. All right, you know, it's one thing for me to sit around and tell everybody how many millions of miles I have, and I've got them, or how many millions of miles you have, Tom. But at a certain point, you have to sit down and look yourself straight in the eye, maybe in the mirror, and go, all right, now, how do I redeem them? And prior to the pandemic, it wasn't that easy for a lot of people to get the flight that they wanted at the mileage level they felt comfortable with on the dates that they wanted. Now we're in an environment where there's so much excess capacity you can not only redeem them, but you can redeem them for less mileage and actually get a seat. Oh, well, I mean, right now, mileage has a great, great value if you're flying. Not so great with non-flying. I mean, there's still some some really good ways to spend miles. And you, you were mentioning charities, and there's a lot of really good charities out there. United has a couple uh, that, that they're, they're involved with directly. Uh, I, I I have two different charities I'm involved in. They're both for children's cancer. And I probably donate uh, 20, 20% of my miles a year to that. Um, I do get I get a million people saying, hey, I've never been to Africa. Can you give me some free flights? You know, my, my miles, I spend them as fast as I earn them because they don't appreciate um, and, and they do depreciate. So the value gets worse and worse every year. But right now, the, obviously, the best value is flying. You could get really good saver tickets. What used to be twenty-five is like twelve or thirteen or fourteen thousand for a, a one-way ticket to about anywhere in the United States. Uh, I spend my miles on everything. Still, good value if you're renting cars. Uh, you could rent a car uh, uh, off the off the, with miles. Really, really inexpensively. So it's a good value for rent-a-cars. It used to be a good value for gift cards. 
but they literally doubled the price and, and more than half the value of, of gift cards because they literally want, don't want you to buy gift cards anymore. They want you to spend it on flights because they got a lot of seats to sell. So, Exactly. And now I got to ask this question because I know part of the answer. You've been flying so much, right? 100,000 miles a month for the last couple of years. That's how you get to 22 million miles. At yep. one point, your, your airline of choice, in your case, United, they named a plane after you. Well, they named two planes. First, they, oh, the first, stop that. Stop yeah, that. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, a, a little. So I'm, I'm, I just put myself in the D-Y, whatever, do you know who I am, whatever those initials are category, and I, I didn't mean to do that. But uh, uh, they were very nice. They, they named the – this is when I didn't even have $10 million, uh, They, but I think I was still the number one flyer back in the late 80s or something. But the first 777 they put my name on, which was really, really a, a really nice gesture, a very, uh, very, very nice gesture. And then at the 10 million mile party, um, they, they gave me all these great gifts, these great super gifts. And it's funny. Somebody says, well, did they give you a car? I go, it's an airline. Why would they give you a car? You know, so, but anyway, so, but they rolled a, a 747, the first 747, which they don't have anymore. But the first one they had with the new paint job, the new livery on it, had my name uh, right up, right underneath the pilot's window, and that was really cool. So um, it's it, it, it's it's very flattering to have your name on a plane. So, uh, um, but it's that in ten cents gets you a dime at the end of the day. So, well, listen, my only hope is that when they finally scrap that seven forty seven and they cut it up, they sent you a piece of the metal. Oh, that wouldn't be a bad idea, but I'm I'm sure they got that wholesale to someone for something. You know, they were selling pieces of the 747. They were cutting them up. They were selling the seats, the windows, the to anything they could get a piece of and put on their auction site. They were selling them mostly for miles, but I think they did sell it for, off for money. But, uh, um, I, you know, somebody in my office says, why don't you get three coach seats for a 747? And I go... I don't, I don't fly in, in a coach seat. Why would I buy one? To, to, I mean, it, it would be the most uncomfortable seat in my whole house. And, and, and if I brought three seats like that home, my wife says, uh-uh, it ain't going in this house. You know. <laughs> well, listen, I got one up on you because a couple of years ago, uh, I got a call from my office in L.A., and they said, did you order something from an airline? I said, oh, no. no. They said, well, there's, a, there's this huge crate outside on a truck. And we can't even get it in the office. We don't even know what's inside. I said, well, get some crowbars and open it. What it was is when American Airlines retired their 767s, which they used primarily on the Transcons, which I lived on once a week, back and forth between L.A. and New York. You know what? They gave me my seats, and I still have them in my office. Oh, that is so cool. Of the first class, the one that's like a three-quarter pitch? Uh, Yeah, they were the business class seats, but it was was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My thanks to Tom, to Terry Dale, and to Karen Seidman-Becker. And my thanks to you for listening to this Eye on Travel podcast. For more conversations with the world's leaders in travel, as well as answers to your travel questions, be sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. And for all the breaking travel news, and these days, all the travel news is breaking, just log on to petergreenberg.com. If you like Eye on Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or 
on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus, starting May 1st.